Hello and welcome to Movie Go Round, a film discussion podcast that rotates between different themes every single week on a five-week schedule. This week's theme is Flix Prime Roulette, or Netflix Prime as you previously known it. Let's get into it. Everybody, my name is Brett Stewart. Joining me this afternoon, Nicole Davis. How are you? <sighs> I don't know. After this movie, I don't know. I just <laughs> it was upsetting. It was a thing, and I it was it was upsetting. It was not even. It, uh, we'll get into it, but it was it was not a fun kind of bad. It was not a fun kind of over the top sequences. It, it uh, just was not fun. It was a struggle. Uh, David Luzader, how are you? Oh, I'm coming in just ready to shake the whole world because I loved this. Just I can't even get through that whole sentence. This movie sucked. <laughs> yes, this was a Flix Prime roulette, as we've taken the calling it, because we did add Amazon Prime into our Netflix roulette rotation because a lot of folks do have it. So we just wanted to broaden the type of movies that we can bring to the panel uh, during this section. This means, of course, that we spun a wheel and it spit out a movie that was either on Netflix or Amazon Prime for free to watch. And before we get into that, however, I do want to announce next week's movie. Uh, It is a future classics pick. So this has to be a film that has come out in the last decade. And it has to be a film that, that you can make some sort of case for in some capacity that you think it will be a future classic. Uh, it's my opportunity to pick, and we are going to be watching a film that has my heart. I love it dearly. Um, came out in 2019, so two 2019 movies in a row, I believe, um, called The Last Black Man in San Francisco. Have either of you seen no. this? No. No, but I've heard very good things about it. Are you kidding? I could have done this for a new to two. Oh, well. New to twos are so hard for me, guys, because you guys have seen everything collectively. All right. Well, in any case, I think it's a future classic as well. So I guess I'll get to make that case next week. Uh, definitely check it out. Highly recommend um, checking it out because it is. If Nicole talked about last week's movie as being one of those movies where you bring it, you bring it to the TV shop to see how the color fidelity on the TVs, uh, this is like that, but for visuals and audio in a way it is just a stunning movie so the last black man in san francisco check it out next week for future classics this week however uh we watched rambo so (laughs) it was rambo last blood came out last year john rambo who has finally been leading a peaceful life for the past 10 years must risk everything to protect his chosen family and exact revenge against the criminals who destroyed his tranquility (laughs) <laughs> oh what a piece of trash okay so let's get into it um none of us have seen a rambo movie so i feel like we should preface this with that that we are going in blind which i think you know, is, I, I think that's fine <laughs> like you know these this movie what had it been over 10 years since the last one and like like a 15 20 years between the one previous to that like they don't expect you to know or hair. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've seen probably like a total of half an hour of uh, the first movie. So, um, it's 
it, it tells you that he's a Vietnam veteran with PTSD. And that's the, this movie tells you that within what, two minutes, three minutes. It tells you he's a Vietnam veteran within like 10 seconds because of like the opening sh- tracking shot inside the tunnels where all his, all his war memorial memorabilia. That's the word I'm looking for. All his war memorabilia and his approximately 38 guns um, are, <laughs> and then you see him taking medication and, and looking slightly shaky and like, okay. All right. And it, you know, that's that's all it tells you from the first movie. So I I suspected that was all I was going to need, and that that's pretty much the case. Very much so. Now I'll I'll touch on it now because it really is only in the beginning. Um, I watched the extended cut of this. I suffered so at least one of us could experience twenty <laughs> additional minutes of this movie, and oh, it's almost. Funny? Yeah, because there's a couple things interspersed, and there, there's a weird conversation oh. where it shows it shows the the sex traffickers like doing business with other sex traffickers at one point, which is just a that's what a, this movie is lacking. It's it's like it's like it's like a scene that gets bogged down in the logistics of their trafficking that no one needs. Um, yeah. But in any case, the beginning of the movie, I did not realize that you guys saw a totally different beginning than I did because what happens in the beginning of the movie in the extended cut is at least in my opinion, something that gave that gives his character an opportunity to have more of an interesting arc, but is then wasted by the rest of the movie, um, which is he is on this mountain um, and he's there's a monsoon coming down the mountain and he is saving three people and he's on a horse because he's always on a horse in these movies. And uh, one of them is a woman he finds dead in the creek. And then the second one, he finds a man and a woman together and the guy says he's looking for his wife. And Rambo tells him, no, your wife's already dead. I found her down the creek. You need to go ahead and come with me. Guy runs off to search for his wife and later dies. So Rambo has to save the one girl that stays with him. And it's a really like powerfully shot scene. It's this this cacophony of, of, of lightning and, and rain. And all of a sudden, like all the water just starts like barreling down the mountain and coming toward them. And he like lassos them around a rock. Like, it's really intense and actually really cool. Um, And it has this whole section afterward, kind of where he's talking to the police and brings a girl to safety. And he's coming to the realization that he wasn't able to save uh, the the husband and wife, even though the husband was like within grasp of saving because he ran from him. And there's this moment where it's just like, you can tell he has this like good Samaritan side of him where he's trying to, it's almost like his penance. Like they make a statement, the cops are like, "Oh yeah, it's the, it's that guy again." Like he doesn't do this because he's hired to do it; he does it because he wants to, and it's very dangerous. Like he's making some sort of penance for doing it, um, or doing it for you know his past actions, um, and it really sticks with him. And like there's this emotional turmoil there that is entirely lost by cutting all of this from the movie, which is what the theatrical version does. And I think that could have been cool. Like it. Instead, it's just like, oh, Rambo's old and lives on a ranch and has an adopted family. When in reality, what they could have gone with is he's also trying to, you know, make peace internally with all the carnage he has created over his life. And they don't do that without that first scene, nor do they reinforce it throughout the movie. I mean, that sounds interesting. It does sound interesting, but it also sounds like even if they had included it, that it, that it abandons that theme. 
right early on in the movie <laughs> immediately the other thing it does is when he's in the tunnels um you actually see vietnam flashbacks which i'm pretty sure you don't see in the theatrical version if i'm mistaken you guys didn't see any flashbacks i think so I don't remember seeing flashbacks. It's just like the photos and this memorabilia and stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. so this movie kind of does a little um, wink and a nod to you about how it's going to end in the, in the extended version where he's like walking through the tunnels in the beginning and yeah. it shows like the Viet Cong, like hopping out of, of, of holes in the ground and attacking him and like doing oh. the sort of guerrilla tactics that he will then incorporate against the drug cartel at the end of the movie. So um, it kind of shows that like, oh, he knows about these tunnels. And apparently these tunnels are like a running theme in Rambo because they were used in Vietnam against him. Well, yeah, but I mean, I think I think you get that. I mean, if you know anything about the, the Vietnam War, you know that the, the Viet Cong used those tunnels. And that's you kind of get that, you know, at the end of the movie, where he's using the tunnels to his advantage, although they're. <laughs> much bigger than the ones that they right but they spell it out for you in the extended cut with flashbacks oh okay they're huge and they sprawl along the property to a a nonsensical degree uh and honestly honestly unless if there wasn't that flashback at the very beginning or like you don't know what ram was about like this this movie is just so generic it could have just been like a crazy old guy who built tunnels under his property is it could be a clint eastwood movie i was about to say we've seen a significantly better old man versus gang movie on this podcast (laughs) also not without its racial issues but we'll get into yeah i was about to say pretty Uh, almost as racist but well oh i was gonna say like pales in i mean no that was pretty racist i've forgotten (laughs) it it kind of tries you have to give you have to give gran torino a, a little bit of a nod for kind of trying with the Hmong culture, but no, this, this is bad. You know, let's, let's, let's talk about it. You know, Nicole says that this film really wears its politics on its sleeve. Um, and it, it does in spades, right? Like this is the, this is the, the, the post 2016 border, right. That, that, that a, a, a Trump supporter might, might be inclined to believe this is what the border looks like, um, which is incredibly undefended yep. and easy for him to traverse constantly throughout the movie. So I grew yeah. up, I, I grew up in Phoenix, Arizona, and um, a, around a very conservative family. And yeah, this is kind of the narrative of Mexico. Like, there's a line when he's like, "The cops can't do anything south of the border. There's no law there." Like, <laughs> that's just to people who live in that area, not like in. in and uh, I don't want to say all people that live in, in Phoenix or in that in that area, but just the kind of people that I knew, like, that was the thought process, honestly, was that, like, Mexico is this lawless land and the cartels are going to get you. And uh, it's pretty awful. Like, yep. <laughs> it's a pretty awful view of Mexico because that's that. Yes, the cartels are a problem there. There are issues with crime in Mexico. I'm not going to say that's not true. But the way this movie shows it is like the second you cross the border, like if you're uh, if you're a man, like they're probably going to kill you if you're not like part of one of the gangs. And if you're a woman, you're going to get taken. Yeah. 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 I mean, this is how I imagine that that 
you know, Trump imagines the border. It's like it's going into Mexico. It looks super welcoming and impressive and they want everybody to come <laughs> over there. And then but and there's a there's a big like tall, tall entry, like a wall around the entry gates, this super huge structure. And then on the way back into the U.S., you know, when John Rambo's driving his pickup truck back over, there's like literally a, like a, a piece of barbed wire strung between two small sticks that he can just roll over with his truck, and that's the border into the U.S. Right? There's no there's no border <laughs> patrol anywhere to be found. Oh no, no, uh, no, no. Yeah. It, and then even like it even shows there's that shot of like the wall where they show the wall, and then they show like the cartel guys coming up a tunnel, like it's that easy. Like, like anybody, you know, could really just like cross over like at any moment, which is again not true. Yeah, and, and like don't yeah. get don't get us wrong. Like there are weak points uh, on the border that that's a that's a valid concern, and and but it's this movie trivializes that in a in a particularly ridiculous way. I mean, and you know, Nicole, you put in our docket as well that Mexican people are either criminals or sex slaves uh, who are participants in their own victimization. You never see a. I guess kind of the grand, no, definitely the grandma. The grandma is our is our like the grandma and and his daughter figure are the only people of They're Mexican heritage Mexican. in this movie right. that <laughs> the movie cares about, <laughs> and it's so horrible yeah. because like everyone on this on the opposite side of the border is horrible, and this is just it it's bad. I, I put well, in our docket: is there a thing is like morally irresponsible filmmaking where at, at, yes at, at, yeah. <laughs> and i know the answer is yes but like is this it i guess is a better question because to me yes this yes. reinforces some very <laughs> negative stereotypes at the worst possible time to do so oh it, you bet <laughs> yeah. to, there, there are people who will see who will watch this movie and they will say like yes that is right that is see? what Mexico is like yeah see yeah. like <laughs> uh, there was some review that I, I read from uh, from a Hispanic reviewer who who commented like, you know, that's going to be like the racists are going to walk out saying like, and that's why my daughter's never going to Mexico. And like, that's why we need the wall. And it's like, yeah, that's that's true, because this does play into like the fantasy of evil Mexico that uh, unfortunately a large number of people have. And it's the white yeah. savior, right? Like he is the only person that can go across the, the border to save uh, everyone, right? Like he has to destroy them single-handedly. But see, he doesn't save everyone. Is no. the thing. <laughs> but no, I, I mean, and he tries. Like he goes into the brothel and uh, tries to free all the girls, and they won't go because, I mean, understandably, they've been terrified into staying because they the cartel guys have shown that they will hunt them down and beat them and do horrible things to them when they bring them back. Um, but the way it's shown, you see, you know, Rambo trying to free these girls and him getting, you know, visibly frustrated that they won't leave. That either because, either that... They don't trust that he can protect them, which, of course, why would they? He's this crazy old white guy busting in out of nowhere. Like Not with a gun, a blunt head. object, just smashing yeah. heads open left and right. He's got a yeah. hand. Yeah. And 
or he's frustrated because he thinks that they're, I don't know, too weak to leave or something. I don't know. You just, I got a very strong impression that they're like, you know, it's, it's at least partly these girls own fault that they're in this. And just, you know, because of that, Oh, they can't leave. Oh, too bad that we'll just leave them all there. And he'll leave with this one girl and not try to, you know, send any help for the rest of the girls trapped in the brothel. So no. why would he? Yeah. I, I I'm conflicted yeah, about that know. because <laughs> is it, I don't know if they all just escape and he frees everyone in the brothel, does it become even more white saviory and, and like in reality, like maybe where would they go? Like that is a difficult situation. Like I, yeah, I mean, it yes, seems like yeah. a crappy yeah, way reality, either way. Yeah. Yeah. It, um, and also, I just want to point out at no point in this movie, except for the very end, uh, John Rambo has no plan. He has no never. Has no. <laughs> the first time he goes to Mexico to try to find her, he just walks into cartel territory. And <laughs> what what was his plan there? What was and then one day he goes in and uh, you know he smashes them up and grabs her and like drives away and arguably might have gotten away with i don't know and i don't care but again like his plan like nicole was pointing out his plan for all these other girls was like okay see you you're on your own i'm just grabbing her it's like so you're gonna go in there and you're gonna raid this place and what do you think is gonna happen like what is just at no point is he like all right i i know exactly what i'm gonna do until the very end where he orchestrates it so perfectly (laughs) (laughs) comical degree did you guys also believe Right. I, I thought he was going to like sneak in because it seems like he comes up to the door. He asks if they've got a, a young girl. He's looking for a young girl uh, for the night and they let him in. And I thought he was going to wait and like make sure that the the girl they matched him with is actually, you know, his his adoptive niece or whatever. And no, no, he doesn't. <laughs> No, I he thought he was going to try to like, smuggle brothel. her out quietly, but no, it's, it's, I, he goes like all old boy in the brothel. I can't <laughs> believe that Stallone didn't take the chance to have Rambo literally rip a door off the frame. <laughs> That's insane to me. He should have just like kicked the door in if that was his whole plan. Yeah, I I would have bought it. I mean, he's still bulky as hell he's clearly oh he's still, still working scary out. he's still scary like but. let's throw that out there Still working out and getting those uh hgh supplements well, yes so <laughs> yes, he's getting many shots he's getting his hgh he's getting botox he's getting oh his face is so blood. unexpressive with all the botox there's just no movement oh, no, it varies you didn't notice it varies from shot to shot, like Does how really? wrinkly really? he is around the eyes varies depending on which point in the movie you're at. I, I, love don't, it. I don't think I can look at his face for any sustained period of time, to be honest. I <laughs> think just like a white haze sort of. Yeah. But that scene you, you mentioned, David, where he walks up to the cartel, were you guys also expecting in that scene just for him to do like, yeah, the trip trick up his sleeve, right? Like why else would you do that? Because yeah. It's not like he's surrounded jacket or something. Right. And it's not like he's surrounded all of a sudden. He is it's a long sustained shot where he is walking through the streets as groups of the cartel start noticing him and all start following him as he keeps walking to the top of the <laughs> hill where he then predictably 
gets the shit kicked out of him by all of them. It's right. So I thought something cool was going to happen. I th- I thought he had like a button he could press and something was going to explode and he was going to go full Rambo. But there's absolutely no plan whatsoever. No, it was it was comically stupid. <laughs> it was so bad to watch because I understand you want to get your adoptive niece back. You want to get Gabriella back. Uh, but c- come on, man. Like, what? <laughs> Make do anything smart. Like, okay, you you followed the guy. You got the, the information from the guy where it is. Okay, cool. You did something smart up until then, and then from then it was just like, I don't know. I'm just gonna walk up and look in their window and hope they don't see me. I, yeah. <laughs> now, now, David, you just glossed over perhaps the most key scene of this movie, which is he got the information from the guy. Well, uh, <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. We have no. to talk about it. He gets the information from this man by pinning him down by the car, taking a knife out, cutting a hole in his chest, and snapping his collarbone and pulling the collarbone out. At which no, point, no, no, I no, think- no, 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 wait, no, he takes the knife, jabs it in the guy's thigh. So I was just like, at that point, I'm kind of enjoying it. I'm like, whoa, he's not fooling around. Damn. And then he reaches it like with his hand, with his bare hand. Wait, like, does snaps he? snaps the dudes. Doesn't he? No, no. Or does he, he like bash it first he, with something he hit, and then he, he ripped probably, it out? I would imagine, I didn't get a great look at the knife. I would imagine it's probably got like a, like a little <sighs> spike on the bottom of it, which is a I thing, refuse like, to replay uh, this scene. We're no, just going to have to live in mystery. <laughs> I thought happened if he stabbed him with that and then jammed it in his leg and then... Uh, pulled his collarbone uh, out who even thinks uh, of that uh, God, why? and and here's the thing like it's so graphic it, it borders into territory where it almost shouldn't even be an r movie it's so bad yeah 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 it's, it's like saw yeah <laughs> you know and, and like that was a, a critique of this movie. film was that was that a lot of critics levied it um, amongst many other criticisms that its gore is so gleeful and to the point that it, it borders into just slasher territory, but not in a fun way. Yeah, but I mean, he like pulls, he breaks the guy's collarbone, pulls one half of it like out of it from his body and threatens to snap it off if he doesn't get information. And it's just, I, you know, at that point, <laughs> It was kind of funny because, I mean, obviously this movie wasn't, but David and I were watching at almost the same time. I think I was like four minutes ahead of him and we're chatting in Slack as we're watching it. He pulls the collarbone and out of like, sweet, Jesus H. Christ, how did this get an R rating? It it was was, literally four minutes later. Yeah. All caps, David. Sweet Jesus. It was a nice warning. I appreciated it. Because even like even knowing something horrific was coming, it was still oh. Yeah, it I watched it a couple adorable. hours after you guys, and I, and I was prepped for it. And I, I had like a little bit of a crisis because part of me, when I first saw a scene, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's horrible. And I realized, oh, I should be way more upset by that. I'm too desensitized. And the longer it sat with me, the more upsetting it's been. Um, and there's... There's a Walt lot of Disney that in this for movie. you. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll we'll get into into some of the theatrics of him murdering people at the end of this podcast. I do also want to touch on the fact that we haven't really discussed why he goes over the border, which is Gabriella, his you know uh. niece, 
fake niece, adopted daughter, his daughter figure, um, wants to go find her her dad, who lives in Mexico, abandoned the family. The mother died of cancer, um, and her grandma and her have lived at his family's ranch in Arizona, and and she wants to go find her her hold, biological hold dad. Yes, but I want to say so they shot uh, Bulgaria for Arizona, and. I'm sure to a lot of people who have never been to Arizona, like that probably worked fine. But I'm like, as I'm looking at, it, I'm like, is this Oklahoma? Like, where's this? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, right. it's dry, but it's, right. <laughs> yeah, no, it it's, look it's very bumpy. It's a lot bumpier yeah. than Arizona. Arizona's got like mesas and stuff in it, yes. but not, not bumps. <laughs> right. So, so she, she predictably goes and, and, and finds her dad. Um, and finds him like shockingly yeah, I quickly. I don't know why I didn't stop her. She's like leaving the house and she's like. With a bag. <laughs> giant bag throwing it in the back of her car. La la, leaving. I'm not going anywhere dangerous or nothing. I'm just going out like on a normal day. Don't worry about me. Not doing anything suspicious. And, you know, <laughs> one mile away, anyone would be able to tell. They're like, stop her. Yeah. <laughs> it was incredibly obvious what she was going to do and everyone and even after two people were like that guy doesn't care about you like he doesn't care about you at all and i don't know why rambo wasn't like if you really want to do this fine i will go with you right let me score you yeah you'll (laughs) talk to him for a few minutes see how he doesn't want anything to do with you and we'll leave I guess we don't because have a movie then, at that point, but I was going to say because you wouldn't have a movie. <laughs> oh no! What a shame. Oh, Honestly, though, if God. this movie was just like the domestication of Rambo and like there's like no violence and it's just him going through his life as an old rancher, I'd like the movie a lot better. Oh God! Like yeah. just more of him doing <laughs> dressage. Can we talk about that? <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. The movie the opens movie. with him doing dressage. Yeah, I, I love, love it. Leave it. Yeah. Uh, so so Gabriella, um, she goes down there because a friend of hers has moved down there um, who has found her father her for her. Friend. Her bad friend. bad friend. Um, very, very, very bad friend. Um, because this friend and her go to a party after she meets her dad and her dad says she wants nothing to do with him. They go to a, they go to a club, rather. Um, dude slips a thing in her drink and all of a sudden she's, you know, she's part of the cartel's sex trafficking ring and at that point is when rambo comes down and, and rambos so um yeah i don't have much more to say about that i'm gonna keep moving on <laughs> uh gabrielle's virginity is supposed to make her fate extra tragic i guess that kind of ties into this because her friend's like you a virgin which is totally how i greet all my friends when i was 18 um <laughs> right. but that's what she does and uh and presumably is and and there's a scene in the extended cut where they all all of the women that are with her in like the holding area get assaulted by cops um and it's really it's a very distressing scene like all the cops come in and then um the brother of of kit harrington is like go wild and then all the cops just like grab a girl and like attack them. And it's, it's a horrible scene. Um, I say Kit Harrington because the main bad guy kind of looks like Kit Harrington. A little. Yeah. Yeah. He just kind of a little bit. Um, yeah. So it's, it's a horrible scene. Uh, yeah. Gabrielle is not treated with a whole lot of dignity at any point in this movie, either by the script or, or the, the cartel. Well, no, she gets, she has a little bit of dignity 
before she goes to Mexico. See, as as but as soon as again, it's like you know, as soon as she crosses the border, it's like she's given up all rights to uh, personal determination and dignity and narrating her own story. I don't know. It's just. It's, it's, it's gross. It's, it's gross. This movie is gross. Yeah. <laughs> it's very gross. But I, I was, just, I just remembered a scene that I wanted to mention that made me laugh. Not for the reasons this movie wanted me to laugh early on. It's when she comes down into Rambo's forge. Yes, he has a forge, <laughs> and uh, is it, she's like, "Hey, I'm building you a letter opener," which is like pretty rad. Uh, and also weird. And she's like, oh, nobody writes letters anymore. And like in my head, I just heard her adding on old man. <laughs> it was so weird to me. Like this movie. No, but I mean, he's, I, he's old. This movie, sorry, go ahead. This movie does all the generic crappy stuff to make, to like make him out of touch as possible. And like old, which is like, oh, he's taking a bunch of pills. What are they for? Don't worry about it. He keeps literally containers full of them everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> and like, he, oh, he's out of touch with the kids. And, you know, it's, it's I mean, it's, I, I can't keep saying bad. We don't, we have to have other words yeah. to describe. <laughs> irresponsible. Our- it's irresponsible. Yeah. And I mean, like, there's the only medication that I know of that. No, there's two kinds of medications that I know of that you can take as needed. One of them is like asthma medication. (laughs) Rescue inhaler. You could do that. Or the other one is nitroglycerin that you can take whenever you're feeling a twinge of your angina or whatever. And that's, that's why you keep that everywhere. But there is no psychiatric medication in the world that you can take whenever the hell you feel like it. <laughs> just, whenever you feel a little, a little of the crazy coming on. Is it a psychiatric yeah. medication though? Like, or like, it doesn't you even know, say like for, for all we know, no it's like, it's it like for all we know, he has like, you know, heartburn. Like we just don't know. Cause it doesn't yeah. care to tell you. And he, he opens like he opens up his gloves compartment and there's, you know, a gun and then two pill bottles and he reaches and he pulls over one of the pill bottles and just starts like taking a bunch of them because it's full. Yeah. What? It's like a random number of them. Your doctor, <laughs> yeah, it was a doctor like, all right, now I want you to take these at your own discretion. I'm going to go ahead and fill out two. I want you to like uh, keep one in your house, you know, if you're there, but then keep the other one in your car with you at all times. With just, your gun. Yeah. Yeah. Right. With your gun. Uh, and so, oh, there's also a bottle of booze in there. And I think this oh, all ties into, you know, David, you saying that this is movie is so generic in every single way, because that is kind of like an action star trope, right? Like just like down the bottle of pills because you can't feel pain. Um, that That is kind of a thing. <laughs> yeah, this movie could have been any movie. This could have been taken six. I have no idea what we're up to at this point. And then they just slapped Rambo on there, which I think kind of is what happened. I'm pretty <laughs> sure someone just wrote a generic action movie, and they were like, "He wrote well, a generic it. action movie. He wrote this thing." I, yeah, Stallone helped write this, so which is unfortunate. Like Stallone, I'm sure he wrote in the horses bit. <laughs> probably 
Stallone, when he, at times, Stallone can really act well. You know, Creed is yeah. evidence that he can give a moving performance. Uh, Rocky, the first Rocky movie, again, uh, proof that he can act. And Rocky, also proof that he can write movies. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's a talented and writer then, when, he, when he puts his mind to it. Yeah. And then there's this. And then there's this. Yeah. I mean, there, there's a scene at the beginning of the movie that, that's in the extended cut. Uh, and, and I referenced it in our chat, not realizing that you guys didn't end up seeing it. Um, but he's just like, he he's coming from saving the people or saving the woman. Um, and it's just the most forced dialogue in the world where he's like, I couldn't save them all. Just like my brother's. I was like, come on, man. Come on. Uh, They're not Pokemon. Can't got to save them all, you know? Right. It's bad. Um, Almost as bad as the cartel is at their job. This cartel is cartoonish. (laughs) First of all, they're cartoonishly evil. Second, they are super bad at their job because they they never, like, at the house that Rambo goes in and, and... you know, attacks everyone with a hammer. There was zero security. Um, there may have been like one guy. I don't know. I, I zoned in and out, but also with Gabriella. So yes, getting, uh, the, the girls addicted to drugs is totally part of the human trafficking. They would never in a professional drug cartel, give her so much that she ODs. That was to me was like, that was cartoonishly bad writing of what like, 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 come on, at least if you're going to have a cartel, be the bad guys, at least write them intelligently, correctly. I don't know. Again, going back to how, Oh, and also the, like the guy was like, uh, the women mean nothing to me. I, you know, I'm, so I'm going to scar her up. You would not scar up somebody that you're trying to, have make sex. money off of yeah make money off of it's like just kill her if like if that's really how you're gonna be because apparently you nab like a new girl every single night they're it was they're so uh well and of course they let him live the first time after they beat the snot right. out of him they're like for random bad guy logic. I'm going to let you live so you can suffer knowing that she's with us and we're going to be using her and degrading her and she's not even a person to me. And it's just like, why? (laughs) They're cartoonishly evil and very bad at their jobs. And, and she does OD. She dies, uh, which took me a little bit by surprise. I wasn't, fully expecting her to die um i does that happen do you get like a delayed reaction overdose you know right. it's like he's left they've been driving a couple hours back up t- to arizona and and she's pretty she, like with it up into her death yeah does yeah, does she, doesn't she have him? like some sort of like lashes on her back like it looks like they might have been beating her too and that's i not- thought that was just her sh- no, I think it's it was the shirt. It's the shirt. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm not totally sure about how this death comes around, um, or the single tear that happens when he tells her how much he loves her, and she gives a single tear and then dies. Um, well, and she, he's in the middle of saying how how proud innocent she oh, is, yeah. and how <laughs> your, your innocence restored me. Yeah. <laughs> I can't, I can't show emotion, so I have to tell you about it. So, so she yeah. dies, and, and he 
he you know drives right over the border uh comes back and buries yeah. her and and as, as nicole now questions is that a thing now to have a cross that everyone can sign like a cast on a broken arm uh, <laughs> because all of her friends sign it um and also if we keep her splinted in the coffin long enough will she come back to life well yeah you know hey. sure <laughs> this movie <laughs> It just was, I, I was looking at that. I'm like, why are there, at first, because of the way this movie is cut together, you know, he's he comes back and like she dies in the truck on the way back and you see, you know, her grandmother crying and, and wailing over and everything. And then you see him standing in front of the mound of her grave, which is on the property of, you know, the farm, the ranch or whatever. And I'm like, did they bury her and not tell the authorities that she died? Is oh, probably. <laughs> and then they, they show the cross and the cross has like all her friends signatures on it. I'm like, is that a thing? Do people do that? No, <laughs> no. But to answer your question about the authority, if there's anything another Stallone movie has taught me, uh, he is the law. So <laughs> he's the only one that really needs to know. Yeah, yeah. I, guess. I, I mean, they bury it, her next to her mom, um, because her mom died of cancer early on. How also cartoonishly evil did the dad turn out to be? Oh my god, dad, who's like starting? It's like, oh, oh, so nice of you to drive down here. Uh, by the way, I hate you. Like, it was that quick. It was yeah, so I was tough. really glad when she took you out of my life because I never wanted you, and I'm just like. The hell is going on? Why does he even bother being, you know, pretending to be nice at first? Why does he? Wait, I I don't right. understand. I'm assuming, you know, the from the context, I'm assuming that this movie is direct sequel to the 2008 movie that's just called Rambo. I don't think it um, is. I don't think it is though, because I read the synopsis on the that guy, and it does movie. not sound anything like this. Yeah. Oh, I, think- I thought it was supposed to be the the like Gabriella. He became part of like she went to with her grandmother, and he went to live with both of them when Gabriella was a baby. At the very end something? of the last movie, he goes home to the ranch, but the entire last movie is him in like Bulgaria or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. He he has no previous relationship with these characters. They just appear, and we are supposed to care about them from go for no reason oh okay <laughs> yeah well uh, then, then it makes even less <laughs> yeah i'm sorry to tell you this flawless movie uh has some logical inconsistencies no and yeah. before we get to discussing his his home alone traps which i think will take oh, us wait, a little wait, bit. Wait. yeah the uh, just real quick i just wanted to oh, shoot i didn't get the actress's name, the girl who plays Gabriella does a good job. Yes, she does. Yes, she does. <laughs> yes. I, I think, She's yeah, I, job. I think uh, I, I just had it up here. It is uh, Yvette Monreal on real. Okay. But yes, she was very good. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I did also though want to mention that kind of tying in with the fact of how little this movie cares to even attempt to represent any sort of, you know, Hispanic heritage in the characters like there are times in the subtitles which by the way i'm not sure if the theatrical is like this on amazon too but they have spelling errors in them and they have spelling errors and spacing errors so like five words will be like 
globbed together in the middle and you have to like kind of like read between it because I always watch our movies with subtitles. Um, so bad subtitles, but in the ones that are like baked into the movie, there's times where it'll just say Spanish speaking. Did, did, did that, that, did that happen for you guys? Yeah. And that's a thing that yes. sometimes people write into, you know, if you're supposed to kind of just infer what's happening from the context of the scene, uh, but or then there's like other the, times where it tells you what they're saying. Like it, 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 it yeah. cherry picks it, when they're not even going to translate it for you. Yeah. I don't or, know. I've seen that in other movies though. If like they want to keep something, a, a secret from the audience for a little while so that the audience will wonder or, and, and, or worry about something before it happens. That would speak yeah, to a so. lot. I mean, it, it, yes, it can be done, uh, effectively. It is not done effectively in this movie. No, no, it just comes <laughs> off like Stallone is making a, very poor attempt to speak like one simple phrase in Ugh. in Spanish. I, yeah, he's a, he apparently understands it perfectly. Never speaks it, and only ever says like "donde." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, so eventually, yeah. uh, when Ga- when Gabriella does die, uh, he sends away her grandmother, so he has the property to himself, and uh, he prepares a, a series of elaborate traps very home alone style and we're talking like some really graphic stuff you open up doors you get hit with a crossbow bow and arrow arrow um you fall down rabbit holes and and fall onto spikes uh so on and so forth um a sharpened rake in the chest sharpened <laughs> the rake in the chest oh and it, it just goes on and on he puts c4 around the property he does whole nine yards he's he's yeah. booby trapped all of the the tunnels and the, and the farmhouse. And then he goes down to, to antagonize them uh, where he goes and kills one of the brothers, one of the two major brothers that run this cartel um, beheads him and cuts off his limbs. Like, I just like, a, I, I didn't I think, notice the limbs. I, I think his that. limbs are also cut off. I think it's just like a stub of a, of a torso. That's Again, left. I can go back and watch this movie. So sure. Yeah, yeah, so he and he you goes see him and, later throw the head out of the window of his truck yeah. onto the as road. if to leave as if to leave a breadcrumb trail that they don't have uh, his driver's license. I was gonna say yeah, they have his driver's license. They know where he lives, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's they, become clear that I mean, even before he kills the this first dr- cartel brother, you know, when he when he does the the collarbone thing. I immediately was like, this man is psychotic. Mm-hmm. He should not yeah. be anywhere near Gabriella and her grandmother, never mind trying to, you know, go get her and protect her from things because this man, this is, he, he, oh God, I'm just, he is, yeah, he's psychotic. He is lost all sense of scale. <laughs> but he keeps a lid on it most days. Right. As he says. <laughs> Which is the extent of the development you get about his mental psyche? Uh, yeah, so yeah. so he antagonizes yeah, them to come on down. Well. Yeah, so so he you know he he goes ahead and 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 antagonizes them. They come the down. There's a montage, of course there is. <laughs> There's a montage, and, and then they 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 just you know drive up in all their Humvees to you know with all their weapons across the border as one does, uh, and and attack his compound. Um, my first question is like with all of his incredible booby traps, was it really necessary, particularly toward the end when there was only like one guy left to blow everything up? 
I don't Why know. Why do do that first with all the guys in the tunnels? Right. Well, because he had to orchestrate them around down there perfectly. Yeah. Oh. Had, they had to go sequence one by one in, in very certain orders and die in very certain ways. Right. Oh, God. I felt, I felt bad for that guy who took the thing to the face. Oh, the face. The face. <laughs> the face Which was... face are we talking about? There were several face injuries. Well, no, like it, it was the one with like four <laughs> knives on a set up in a rectangle but like on an arm i think it was like a oh right right, right. okay it just it cr- like yeah oh. it, it crushed in like <laughs> where his eyes and his mouth are basically it made him into a sideways i was gonna say a sideways w made him into an e a sideways <laughs> yeah. e oh yeah <laughs> i mean it was i that was my that was my my bit in the slack i believe my response to that was just ah yeah, and there's 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 traps. They're like they're not even terribly intuitive, but they're like just horrific to be horrific. Like there's one where he just has yeah. a sharpened metal pole, and he has a small hole in the wall that's just large enough for said pole, and he waits till someone walks by, th- like jams it through so it goes straight through the guy's head, and then drops to the floor where he's now cut out a section between the wall so it's open so he can cut off the legs of the other guy. Yeah. yeah. Is there anything kind of fun about the Home Alone traps, or are they all just too horrific? No, to- no. This this movie is it. People who went and saw it, they didn't care. They just wanted to see horrible violence done to people, and they didn't care like who it was against, or they just wanted to see Rambo killing guys, and that's gross to me. That's I think okay. So John Wick, obviously, same. You know, you could argue like it's John Wick killing guys, but like. He does it with like a certain skill and style it, and it's never, it doesn't, I mean, there are times I feel very gratuitous. This felt gratuitous in a really disgusting way. This felt like what's yeah. the most horrible thing we can think of. And, and John Wick is, is bolstered yeah. by a very cool universe and a cool story. Whereas this is not, this is just gratuitous for gratuitous yeah. sake. And he tries to be efficient about it. Rambo is not trying to be efficient. Right. Offing these guys. He, he only ever has to like do something horrible to somebody when that's like the like when he st- John Wick when he stabs a guy in the eye in the third one and you, they, you watch it but that's like that's his only option at that point against that person yeah right. I, I mean I mean the end of this movie then when he's finally left with just you know guy that kind of looks like Kit Harrington um, he finally brings out the bone arrow which is a Rambo thing um, Rambo's always used the bone arrow to pin him to the yeah. wall uh, by shooting all four of his limbs. And <laughs> then, as I called it in our docket, just surprise Kalima rips his heart out. Mm-hmm. Because that's yeah. what he did to him. He he rips his heart out and the guy is still al- alive enough to see it and watch it happen, um, which is straight up a Dumb and Dumber scene. There's a scene in Dumb and Dumber where Jim Carrey has a fantasy about fighting a guy and ripping his heart out of his chest and it's still beating and the guy looks at it. And I watched it after I watched this movie and they are like parallel. You know, he's holding <laughs> his heart up to the guy in Rambo and it's like still beating. Is oh, it, but is it more Temple, Temple of Doom though? Because that's where my mind went. Uh, also that, yes. <laughs> my point of but, reference. I mean, like, and, uh, uh, and it's so... But I mean, Temple of Doom did it better because it actually looked like uh, a person heart. This must have been like a cow heart, maybe, or horse <laughs> heart, because it's huge. 
It is enormous. And Temple of Doom realizes, I'm not a big fan of Temple of Doom, but it realizes the absurdity of the situation. Like the man just plunges his hand straight into the man's chest and magically gets through. Whereas Rambo like slowly, you know, tears him apart with a, with a knife in order to get in there. It's, it's not, it's taking it seriously. Yeah. Yeah. There's something about that fantasy of like, I know I can't punch someone in the chest and pull out their heart. So when it happens in a fantasy setting of Indiana Jones, it's like, Oh, kind of cool. Like kind of crazy. This guy's got like weird magic and like, that's gross. Yeah. yeah and this is, he stabs it and then like rakes it down. You hear like the bone, which Crunchy. by the way, there's a lot in between <laughs> your yeah. heart, your heart and the outside world. <laughs> I don't think you just carve like, in there like sauce. that. Yes. that. There are very specific instruments. Very specific <laughs> instruments. He's you have to he like stabbed and tore down his collarbone. That no. Uh, no. Uh, no. Yeah. No. It, and I'm and then the heart just comes out so easy. It just like yeah. it was a Lego piece stuck in there. He just pulls it out. <laughs> it's bad. I mean, this is what if it had made the sound. I think it's worth looking at though, like this. There's, I have seen things this horrible in horror movies and been much more okay with it because it's a horror movie. Mm-hmm. And right. I'm, I'm trying to pin down exactly why it's so much more disturbing in this context. Maybe because they're trying to be closer to reality or is it I think that it doesn't have a message or is it that the political message is just so the polar opposite of like my own political leanings that it's so upsetting or I don't know. Yeah, that's that part probably, of it I think. That probably helps that this also like glorifies the horrible things he does and it's like isn't yeah. it great? He's the hero. Like when when someone gets you know, their heart cut out in a horror movie, it is like the bad guy. It is the evil cult yeah. doing it for their horrible reasons. And this is like I'm supposed to root for this guy who does yeah. Who, yeah, kills people in just horrible, awful ways be, because that's what the audience wants. Obviously, see, and that's that's where I was confused because I, I did a bunch of reading on on the other Rambo's, even though I, I haven't seen them. And to my understanding. The, the legacy of Rambo as a character, particularly in the first novel and the first movie, First Blood, um, is that Rambo is this embodiment of a wounded nation. Uh, yeah. He is this embodiment of someone who is, um, you know, sent into this horrible situation in Vietnam and is forced to become something horrible and, and has to find some redemption out of that. And this just turns him into a meat grinder. It, it yeah. takes any sort of symbolism and turns it upside its head and frankly does an incredible disservice to the character in that regard. I I would agree. The first movie is about, uh, to my knowledge, my girlfriend uh, really, really enjoys the first movie. She says it is about uh, PTSD and how Vietnam vets were treated in the country. And, you know, obviously like kind of in a, in a little bit of an action movie setting, but this happens too, where if you go back and watch some of the first uh, first parts of franchises, you know, they'll like, especially action franchises. It's like, that's not 
that's not really an action movie. Like that's a kind of a little yeah. bit of a think piece. And then future installments are just like, do you want to watch him just shoot a bunch of guys? It's like, no, I wanted the thoughtful <laughs> character piece that you gave me. Right now, now the, the writer of the original book that Rambo is based off of, which is first blood, uh, David Morrell, he he's never been to my understanding, particularly a fan of these movies. He, he called the first one a mess. Um, but he did make a comment on this film where he said, uh, I felt degraded and dehumanized after I left the theater. Instead of being soulful, this movie lacks one. I felt I was less of a human being for having seen it. And today that's an unfortunate message. I think Oof. he hits the nail on the head, though he did also go on to say, and I, I wish I could disagree with him, but I do believe I like to consider myself the, the, the outsider in this regard where he says like, oh yeah, and by the way, Anyone under 40 isn't even going to know what those tunnels are. I'm like, oh, I do. I know what those tunnels are. Yeah. But but the point he's making is that there's absolutely no backstory. They don't give you any of the Vietnam stuff to give you context as to why Rambo is the way he is. And I understand that point. They they assume you either know who Rambo is or that you just don't care and you're here for the mindless action. Yeah. Uh, no, so I, I thought that was a good quote from him. I, I understand where he's coming from. Now, are, are we going to get even more Rambo? And did you guys st- stay through the credits or did you tap out? Oh, yeah. I, no, yeah. The credits were glorious. Yeah, they were the cool. <laughs> it, was, it was all the, the, all the shots and montages of him being Rambo when he was young. Mm-hmm. And at the very end, he rides off into yeah, the sunset well, I mean, on a horse. That's because the f- yeah, the first three movies all took place in the 1980s. Mm-hmm. The fourth movie was 2008. So 20 years after Rambo 3, they had the fourth Rambo movie. And this movie was 10 years after that. And so like the the montage of like Rambo's life before this is just like young guy, young guy, young guy, get a little bit older guy. Old, you know, very old guy. Age slash right. old guy. And now super old guy because the montage includes parts of this movie that you've just yeah. been watching <laughs> just in case you forgot it yeah. shows you the whole movie it shows like five or six key scenes to bring you to where he is at the end of the movie which is having blown up his entire property is now bleeding out on his porch before hopping on a horse to ride off into the sunset sure right yeah, and i mean he might still die you know right he he did get shot a couple of times, and he didn't give that any attention. Riding a horse is not easy, especially Advisable. on yeah, <laughs> especially like not on your midsection. Uh, in I going back to talking about like the montage, and you know, oh, he's a little bit older guy, and then like old guy, and then very old guy. You know, when they showed the the Rambo from the last movie, I was like, you know what, Stallone still looked pretty good there. He's like he's older, he but. You know, he's in his 60s and he's still looking pretty good. And then this, it's like, that's that's not a human anymore. That is a... No. I don't know. It's a that is grinder. literally a shaped gorilla. He's had a lot of work done. And he's, and he's got the hair implants. Like, his hairline is literally further forward than it was when he was 30. Um <laughs> So, I mean, good for him for letting it be gray, at least, and not trying to dye it black. Um, 
But I mean, he's he's been fighting aging for a long time. And I think finally somebody, you know, burned the picture he's been keeping in his attic and it's all caught up with him. And I mean, I feel <laughs> I feel bad focusing on his appearance, but it's just kind of it's weirdly fascinating. It is. Yes. <laughs> and I it's oh I know. It it, it is rough to, you know, to for us to be coming out like, ah, this old guy looks old, but it is jarring when this old guy is supposed to be like the action hero. And they show us like what he, what he used to look like and all that. And let's be fair. We didn't have this conversation about Harrison Ford for crystal skull because he doesn't look like, you know, a burlap sack has been getting work done for the last 40 years. It's, I think it's a lot of it is because of the position that he's like putting himself in for these movies. If we watched Creed, which Creed is a, is a good movie and he's in that movie. Yeah. He's very good in that movie. I would not at any point feel like, you know what? Let's talk about how old Stallone is now. Unless we're talking about in context of the story, because it's part of the story in this, he is still supposed to be the crazy action star. And it's like, it it's jarring. Yeah. At times. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, he, uh, You know, it's his face. He can do what he wants to it. And I'm all for bodily self-determination. But it's my personal opinion that if you're getting older, you should let yourself look your age. And you can still, in like how you carry yourself, have still have a certain youthfulness to you. You can still have power. You can still have strength and determination and project that without trying to look 20 years younger than you are. Right. Like, you know, Sam Elliott is like 74, 75 now, somewhere in that range. Mm -hmm. He is still a, an attractive man, you know, particularly for 74, 75, but he's, He's an attractive man because he and he hasn't fought it. It's still, it's still his face. You know, it's the evolution of his face. Whereas Stallone's been having his meddled with. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, another good comparison is like Schwarzenegger. Schwarzenegger is somebody who has come around and is is still in movies and is still reprising these old roles. Uh, but when I look at Schwarzenegger. It's still like that is Schwarzenegger that, you know, yeah, sure. I'm, I'm sure he's on plenty of HGH himself and doing steroids and, and doing all that. But there's just a totally different feel to him than when I look at Stallone. Yeah, he's not. Yeah, because Schwarzenegger's not messing. Well, not much anyway, not not, not visibly. He's not messing with his face. Yeah. <laughs> And so we can get used to it gradually, you know, aging and the, looking the way it is naturally supposed to be looking at this point in his life. Yeah, right. and it's just, it's just weird. It's just so. <sighs> How many more? <laughs> and, and, and I think to, to answer the overarching question of, you know, will there, will he come back? Um, most assuredly, yes, I believe, because Please for a couple of reasons, I, I know, but for a couple of reasons, I mean, well, first of all, he has a history of just pushing Rambo farther and farther. Rambo was never supposed to be more than one movie in the novel. Rambo kills himself at the end of the book, um, which frankly might be a more powerful 
way to deal with Vietnam vets because suicide rates are so incredibly high amongst war veterans. But I digress. The rest is history. They made 19 movies or five. It just feels like 19. Um, yeah. Instead, he put out the extended cut on Amazon like almost a year after this movie came out. Um, it was not on the DVD. It wasn't on the Blu-ray. They put it on Amazon. And when he did so, he's like, hey, go check it out. Also, he might be back. Wink, wink. Um, there seems to be amongst people that know uh, Stallone this mentality of, okay, the movie did so bad. We can't let Rambo end like that. So, because critics hated this movie. I know we've touched on that briefly, but this was, you know, we are being kind in contrast to some of the writing on this movie. Um, he wants to come back. No. Right, what I would like to see, it's like Rambo moves to another state, changes his name, runs a horse ranch, raises horses, has right. like people come in and ride the horses and help him train them. And then like, if something horrible happens, it's like he trains a squad of the people who've been working for him in how to go, I don't know, conduct a raid on the bad guy's house or whatever. And he stays behind and, you know, guards the horses. He's he'll, he'll be like the mentor figure in the next movie that I could deal with that. If the expendables are indicative of anything though, it's that he doesn't know how to sideline himself. Even if there's 30 of him around him. <laughs> like those movies woof <laughs> i mean if we're talking about gratuitous i know that this is like more violent than those movies but you can see yeah. the trajectory that led him between 2008 when the last one came out to all the expendables in between to this yeah i, don't know. I was this. just watching the whole credit sequence just like kind of Hoping that at the end he'd like slide off the horse, <laughs> flop <laughs> onto the ground, and that'd be it. <laughs> it would be more interesting if the character died. It would be it would. More if he died on the rocking chair on the porch at the yeah. end. I yeah. thought like, oh, he's going to close his eyes and like that's going to be it. And I'm like, you know what? Okay, fine, sure. Give him a definitive ending. I can jive with that. But nope, we got to go. And it takes. And and I think it takes an actor that has a, there has to be a level of egotism that goes into making movies like The Expendables. I mean, my God. But I think in particular, look at someone like Harrison Ford. I'm not saying he's devoid of ego, but he realized like, okay, I'll come back, but you need to kill this character. Like Han Solo needs to die. Um and that was actually his longstanding belief back into Return of the Jedi days. Uh, but point being, he understood that he was there to fulfill a story arc that needed to end. And I respect that because he yep. could have fought that and just wanted, or he could have gone the opposite direction and been Han Solo for three movies. And I'm sure he would have made even more money and people would have loved it, but no, he needed that to well, end. Why didn't he fight the Indiana Jones sequel? Really good <laughs> point. Really, really good point. <laughs> I mean, visibly older. You know? <laughs> really <cheap>. good point. That's <laughs> entirely valid. And we are going to get another Indiana Jones allegedly like two years from now. So I'm sure we'll be talking about it two years from now when that thing comes out. And it'd probably be terrible. But I'm done with this movie. I'm ready to erase this from my mind. Any other closing thoughts on Rambo Last Blood? Is there anything redeemable? I thought the scene that they cut in the end, in the, in the beginning, was actually really cool. 
that sounds like the only interesting part of the movie and I didn't see it. (laughs) Okay. You know what I found the most redeemable part of the movie is in the credits for this movie. They thank the cleaning crew for the Bulgaria offices. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> they thank all the cleaning people by name. They're listed in the credits. And I'm like, all right, you know, good on you. If you want senseless <laughs> violence, there are better movies for it. This movie yeah. is racist and xenophobic, and it is gratuitous in a way that is not even enjoyable. I misogynist. It's I I just I can't think of anything redeemable about this movie, honestly. I absolutely agree. <laughs> this is not great. But next week we are going to be watching what, in my opinion, is the polar opposite and a very, very good movie, uh, which is The Last Black Man in San Francisco. So be sure to check that out for future classics. But let's go around the horn, see where we can find everybody online. Uh, Nicole, where can people find you? You can find me on Letterboxd at Nicole underscore Davis. Very good. And you, David? People can find me on Twitter at Davluz. That's D-A-V-L-U-Z. All the stuff I'm doing's there. Excellent. You can find me on Twitter at I am Brett Stewart. You can email the show, hi, H-I, at mgrpodcast.com. And we would love if you came and followed us on Facebook or Twitter. Just type in Movie Go Round Podcast on either of those and you will find it. You can follow the pages. And that way you can get updates when you did this to us, picks come around. And ha, you can't do this to us. We did it to ourselves with Netflix Roulette. So at least this is out of the way. Uh, we'll see you next week with future classics. 